your real competition is with yourself. It's with the person that you were yesterday. Am I better than what I was yesterday? LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about seven uncomfortable truths about careers that most people spend their entire lives avoiding. Man, this is such a big episode, and I brought on a legendary guest who we've had before. You may know her by the name of Maya Grossman. Maya is a career coach, two-time VP of marketing, and a best-selling author. She's spent 15 years in the corporate world, growing from an individual contributor to a VP, achieving 10 promotions in 15 years. Oh my gosh and working for some of the best companies in the world, companies like Microsoft, Google. Now Maya teaches ambitious professionals how to level up into executive roles, making quantum leaps in their careers and earning high six figures without working harder. So whether you're just starting your professional journey or you've been in the career matrix for years, understanding these truths will be a game changer for you. And so I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Without further ado, here is episode 306 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Maya, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. So happy to be here again. You know, we are in person and we normally don't do episodes in person these days. So I physically have Maya in the Career Warrior Podcast studio over here. We're in like the screen screen room over here. So lots of cool effects. I know. It's so much fun to finally meet you. We met on LinkedIn, what, a couple of years ago, I think. So I'm very, very excited we have this opportunity. It's going to be great. And the reason why this episode, or I should say this episode is inspired by a LinkedIn post that you put out a while ago, and it just popped out of the screen while I had when I saw it. But can you talk about that LinkedIn post and like what inspired you to post, I guess, about these uncomfortable truths? Yeah. So I think when you started the conversation today, you said there are some things that we've been taught, something that we've been condition to think about when it comes to our careers. But in reality, it's a little bit different. And I see a lot of people get stuck and, you know, they're not able to grow their career as fast as they want to because they keep believing those truths that are actually not realistic. And I just wanted to uncover those. I wanted to boost all the myths and make sure that people understand, hey, there's a different way. There's a better way for you to grow your career and give some advice. I love it. And so I always like to ask folks who have been in the career coaching space, like, how did you get into career coaching? Because you have an amazing marketing background as well. But how did that translate on over to what you do today? Yeah, that is actually very funny because I never thought I would do this. It wasn't on my list or on my plan for my career. I wanted to become the CMO of a Silicon Valley startup. That was my dream. And for seven years, I chased that dream until I made it a reality. But in the process, I learned so much. And I started mentoring and teaching other people, my employees, my friends, my family. Everyone kept coming back to me for advice. And one day someone said, hey, maybe you should do this for a living. And that was the first time that I stopped and I thought, hey, what if I could do this? And I started, you know, doing some more intentional coaching on the side. I wrote my book. And that's when I had an aha moment. Like, I'm done. I love marketing. But I think that was chapter number one. 
I love it. And the advice you post on LinkedIn is truly awesome. I know we had a conversation, I think it was like a year ago about LinkedIn specifically and that kind of thing. So I think the way you do the platform is exceptional. So anyone who's listening to this right now needs to just follow Maya right now. This isn't just a pitch for that, but I think it's really important to to see this type of content you're putting out there. Thank you. So let's launch into it. What is uncomfortable truth number one that job seekers need to know? Not just job seekers, but folks who are navigating their careers. Yeah, well, if we're looking back at the post that I shared, number one was you need to understand that a company is not your family. And this is something that I had to learn the hard way, not because I worked for a terrible company, but actually the opposite. I worked for an incredible company where you might actually say people cared for you as much as family, But still, they had to make business decisions. And no matter how much they tried to be as fair as possible, at some point when things got really rough, you had to let people go. So I learned that no matter what people tell you, it's not coming from a bad place necessarily, but work is work. You can have friends. Don't get me wrong. You can care for people. You can have great relationships, but always in the back of your mind, you have to remind yourself, This is still a workplace. This is a business. And their goal is to create profits and revenue. And if your job is going to come in the way, unfortunately, you will be the one to go. There's a lot. And I understand why you're saying this, but people are putting in HR postings. People are saying in company meetings, like this is a family. We're all family together. But it sounds counterintuitive when you bring up like the fact that you might have to make a tough decision like a layoff or firing and something that has to do with more of the business decision, I think is really tough. It's like you, you can't really do that with a family member. And I think that's really hard. So how do you keep the boundary? Because I know a lot of us job seekers or people in our careers want to build relationships with people like good relationships at work. But how do we keep that boundary in a way that's like, I'm not your family, you know? Yeah. To me, family means unconditional love and support. And I haven't seen unconditional love and support come from anywhere else. That's not like your immediate family. And that's how I kind of separate the two. But what I usually suggest that people do, first and foremost, you can build relationships. I still am close friends with some of my managers, people who are on my team. I've built great relationships and friendships. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, you just need to keep in the back of your mind that the first priority for the company is not you. So you need to take care of yourself. You always need to have a plan B. You need to be alert. You need to know that if things get tough, then you need to take care of yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. Right. I love that. So we're just coasting right through. What is uncomfortable truth? Number two, Maya. So number two was the fact that results matter more than titles. And I know that a lot of people don't believe me when I say that, but as a hiring manager, I've hired dozens and dozens of people in my career. And very often, titles can be very misleading because, you know, one title in this company is not the equivalent of that same title with another company. So we use them as signals, right? We use the name of your previous employer, right? If you worked for this type of company or if you went to an Ivy League school, we assume that it comes with some sort of a signal that you're going to be really good at your job. However, that's not always true. I have interviewed people with fancy titles who were just not good at their job. Right. However, there's one thing you cannot argue with, and that is result. Because if you actually made something happen, That is proof that you have the experience that as a hiring manager, I'm looking for. 
So I try to look beyond the titles because when people can show me results, then I don't care what their previous title was. I just know that they can do the work. And that's really helpful for job seekers who, let's say they want to move on to a marketing director position and you've never really had that title formally, but you can demonstrate in your resume through accomplishment-oriented bullet points, the things that we're always teaching over here, that you can do the thing that the job is going to be calling for, even though you haven't had marketing director, for instance, in the title. And so I think it's really good also that you point out the fact that the people that do have the title don't necessarily have the wherewithal or like the qualifications to do the job properly. Yeah. And I think it's on the hiring manager to diversify when they interview. I mean, look, if, if I'm looking for a director and someone with like one year of experience is applying, obviously it's not going to be a good match. But I mean, I have jumped from role to role where I actually leveled up by doing exactly what I'm telling you here. I showed the hiring manager that I can do the job. Sometimes they did it with actual results that I had. And sometimes I had to create something new, right? So I like to put together a value validation project or do something because there's such a huge difference between telling people what you can do and showing them what you can do. When you show, it is non-negotiable. Yeah. And that's how you open doors. I love it. Yeah. Like, how do you tell somebody that you're a great communicator or you're a people person? Like you show them that through different projects or things like that, telling them a story. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of feeling, I'm a resume writer, you know, at, at heart here, but people fill their resumes with just fluff and too many skills that don't really showcase value. I know we had a podcast episode about soft skills, and I think soft skills are incredibly important, but you also have to show those, not just say, you know, good communicator or things like that. So, yeah. And I actually had people, first and foremost, yes, stories are incredible if you can tell stories about your leadership style or how you handle difficult situations. But you can also get testimonials and referrals from people you worked with. That's also a really great way to show, hey, I actually do work well with other people. All right, moving on to, and this is a fun one. I looked at this one earlier. I knew all these actually people, so it's no surprise. None of these are a surprise to me. What is uncomfortable truth number three? Okay, that is the fact that working hard will only get you so far. Oh, that's a big one. And there are a lot of people who are just feeling in the gut right now, but tell me. Yeah, I mean, that was me for seven years. I thought if I can just outwork anyone else, I'm going to get there. I'm going to grow. I'm going to move forward. And it was true very early in my career because when you're just building your skills, when you're just getting started, yes, working hard will definitely open a door. But after a certain step, especially if you want to jump into people management, that's when it is not enough. It's not about more. It's not about hours. It's about being more strategic and doing work that has meaning. Because your goal is to demonstrate that you can add more and more value, not just do more hours. And I think where people really misunderstand is that they focus on output and not on outcomes. And there's a huge difference. Outputs is the amount of something that you produced, how many emails you wrote, how many phone calls you had. Outcomes, that's the result. What happened as a result of you sending an email? Did you get a new client? Were you able to create a new campaign, what happens through those calls. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people focus on the outputs instead of the outcomes. 
I had to apologize to my wife the other day because I told her, I'm like, I'm working my butt off over you. I came home after like a 12 hour day, but I realized how stupid of a statement that was because it didn't necessarily mean that I was putting something out there good for the world. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I can't just go out there and work hard and expect all of a sudden the money to be made and like things to be taken care of and things to progress. It's like, you really have to accomplish the results and make it tangible in order for there to be an impact. For me, especially, like I felt that a lot over like the last few months. So like a lot of us are spending time just wasting, just doing tasks that may not be truly fruitful for ourselves or our company. Yeah, you got to focus on moving the needle. That's how you're going to move up in the corporate world. Yeah, cool. I know we can go a lot further there, but I want to make sure that we have enough time for these other ones here. What is uncomfortable truth number four? That is that the best person doesn't always get the job. And that was very hard for me because I grew up thinking, oh, it's a meritocracy. But unfortunately, it's not. And it doesn't mean I'm not talking about nepotism or anything along those lines. It's just that you can have all the skills and the experiences. But if you don't know how to tell a good story, if you can demonstrate that to a hiring manager, then they're going to hire the person who can do that, who can tell a great story, who can show them hey, this is what it's going to look like when we work together. This is the impact that I can make. So you have to go beyond the skills and actually learn how to sell yourself. I want to follow up on a question that I looked at before this, like to that one. It's, have you ever witnessed a situation where someone, let's say that they were less qualified or that they were less experienced, got that job over a more, quote, more deserving candidate? And like what, you know, I know it's like being able to showcase what you can do, but like, would influence a decision like that. Yes, I actually have a story from my career as a manager where I had to hire someone to do social media and I had two final candidates. One of them had five years of experience, been there, done that, literally checked all the boxes on the resume. And the other was actually very early in her career, but she was passionate about social media. She opened up different profiles for herself she learned she was just so excited to get in and she was willing to do whatever it takes. And technically, I should have gone for the more experienced candidate, but this person was just so like laid back. He wasn't like into it. It's like, I will take any job. And it just the energy wasn't there. So on paper, he had everything, but I didn't think that he was going to go the extra mile. And the other candidate was like, she was going above and beyond. She sent me plans and ideas. And you know what? It was one of the best hiring decisions I've ever made. She got in, she did fantastically. And she was one of the first to become a supervisor because she was that good. I love that. Attitude is one thing. I mean, we always hear it's like, you can't really train for attitude or having to like go that extra mile. And so like, that's a really good example there. I'd say like in my own life, there have been many situations in which I have chosen the person who may not have like the best resume, but I knew that at least we were able to build a good relationship over time. And those ended up being the ones that move things forward. So I'm glad you brought that one up. I think that's one that a lot of people need to hear and people who might get frustrated because like, okay, I have way more skills than this other person, but are you really showing it to end up moving your career forward? Like we said. Yeah. And I can testify from my own career very often. If you look at my journey as a marketer, I probably tried everything you can try in the world of marketing and moving from one role to another when technically I've never done that role and leveling up was definitely not easy. I had to prove to people and to show them that I can do it. 
And in every step of the way, that is what I was able to do, even though on paper, I probably wasn't the best candidate. But I was able to tell a very compelling story. When necessary, I created evidence. I literally showed them what I can do. And I built a great relationship with those people so that they really wanted to work with me. Okay, so I'll dig a little bit further into that just because I think this is a really good one to riff off of. But fighting entitlement, how can people shift their mindset and take more ownership of their progression rather than expecting others to just... I know like, this is the Career Warrior Podcast and so no one feels entitled, but I really, really do want to fight that mentality to make sure that people get what they deserve and it's because they're doing the right things to show that they're qualified. Yeah, well, you're speaking my language because truth number five is that no one owes you a promotion, a raise, none of that. It's not a given. And the only person who would ever really care about your career as much as you is you. Like, literally, no one is coming to save you. And if you want to have a fantastic career that makes you happy and fulfilled, you need to make it happen. You need to become the CEO of your career. This is what I tell everyone. You need to manage your career like you're a one-person company and take care of everything. And I think the problem is people don't realize they can do that. You can have a career by design, not by default, if you're just willing to take control and create those opportunities for yourself. Stories. I want to hear a story about how someone did exactly that, even if it's yourself, like because I think you have an amazing, amazing business. But what specifically... How can I take control? Is this like something where I need to come up with a map, a road plan, or like a, or do I need to just like hop into it? Yeah, well, it can actually start small. You can just look around and ask yourself, am I living the career of my dreams? Is this what I want? And if the answer is no, then ask yourself, okay, what can I do about it? What can I do to get closer to my goals? And it's actually something that I had to do very early in my career. So a lot of people know this, but I actually did not start my career in marketing. I was a travel agent for almost seven years and I just kind of fell into this job and it was really convenient. It was a nice, you know, company. And then I did my bachelor's and I majored in marketing and finance, really hated finance, fell in love with marketing and thought to myself, oh my God, this is what I want to do for the rest of my career. However, I didn't work for a company that even had a marketing department, right? So I was so worried that I'm going to have to take a step back. I'm going to take seven years of my life and just completely ignore them because I have to start from scratch. And I also had no idea, how do you get a marketing job? I didn't know anyone in marketing. And, you know, I kind of thought about it probably for a couple of good, you know, weeks or months. And it drove me crazy. And then I said, okay, I don't want to take a step back. And I'm not sure what I need to do. But the one thing that I'm sure about is that I need marketing experience. I had the knowledge because I, you know, did my bachelor's, but I didn't have experience. How can I get experience? And I asked myself, how can I do it with this company? And then I turn a disadvantage to an advantage. I said, wait, they don't have a marketing department. Maybe I can be the marketing department. And I said, oh, I okay. Goosebumps. I love that. It took a few weeks to figure this out. But then I was like, okay, so what can I do? What's the easiest thing? And I thought social media. So this is how old I am. This was the first days of Facebook. And I thought, my God, I can just do that. I would open a Facebook page. I will create content. I'll bring people. And it will actually be helpful for the agency because they'll get new clients. And I told my manager, hey, would you mind if I do this like in my spare time? I'm still going to do my day job. I just want to get some experience doing marketing. 
And because I've been there for so long, right, it was almost seven years at this point, they said, of course, go ahead, do whatever you want. So I spent six months building Facebook and Twitter, really growing a following, creating content, getting that real experience. And then I was confident enough to actually apply for a marketing job. And I got it. So I didn't have to take a massive step back. I got a marketing job that I wanted, but I made it happen. I didn't wait for anyone. I didn't wait for that company to figure out, oh, we need a marketing department. I created this opportunity and I kept doing that throughout my career. I love that. That's a great example. Almost reminds me about my dream when I was younger was to be on a radio show. I'm like, how am I going to make this happen? And so all of a sudden the podcast popped up. I'm like, okay, in a weird way, we make the things happen that we're attracted to. But I love that example. That's a really good illustration of how to like actually take your career in your own hands. So far we have, number one, a company is not your family. Two, results matter more than titles. Three, working hard will only get you so far. Four, the best person doesn't always get the job. And the one we just covered, which is no one owes you a job, a raise, or a promotion. What is number six? Okay, so number six says that it's easier to level up to get a promotion when you use a backdoor. And I get a lot of questions about this one, so I can explain. What most people believe is that if they want to get promoted, they need to work really hard and they need to do more of the same. However, a promotion is actually a vote of confidence in your ability to do next level work. So your main goal is actually to demonstrate that you can already operate at the next level before you get the title. But most people don't realize that. So what do they do? They just work really, really, really hard. They wait for their turn. They, they Going back to number three. Yeah. So the corporate to tell them, oh, you've been here for five years. Okay, we can consider a promotion. But at least for me, that wasn't good enough. I was ready a lot faster and I wanted to grow and demonstrate my abilities. So what you do instead is you create an opportunity for a promotion. You start operating at the next level. You add value to the point where the company feels stupid not to promote you because they're getting so much. And obviously you need to make your case for it. And I actually do have a course called the Promotion Accelerator where I teach people how to get promoted, like every step of the way, because it's not just about the work that you do. It's also about the people that you know, the relationships that you build, the reputation you have. And the one thing that most people skip is making a case for your promotion, right? Just because you did the work doesn't mean other people know doesn't mean they understand that you deserve it. So you really need to learn how to showcase your abilities. But this is what I call doing it through the back door, because instead of standing in line with everyone else waiting for the right year to get promoted, you kind of bypass all of that, create an opportunity, and then you get promoted twice a year, which is something one of my clients did, or you get promoted six months into a new role and you just create your own opportunities instead of waiting. So it sounds like you're not waiting till the performance review to make this happen every year. There are other yeah. opportune times or other ways to present yourself other than that one crucial moment or that one meeting. 100%. And I get this a lot. Okay. Yes. With some companies, it is more likely for you to get promoted through a promotion cycle if you wait for the review. But I have had so many clients and students get promoted outside of cycle because they did exactly what I just told you to do. You create your own opportunity. You add so much value that it makes no sense for the company not to promote you. I love that. We're flying by here and Maya, you've been a fabulous guest. Finally, in the studio in person, Maya Grossman, this is awesome. What is the final uncomfortable truth for job seekers? 
Okay, this is my favorite because this is one of the things that really holds people back. Number seven is your real competition is with yourself. It's with the person that you were yesterday. And I know we all compare. Trust me, I compare myself all the time. I compared yeah. myself when I was in corporate to other marketers. I compare myself to business owners right now. However, you cannot let that hold you back. You cannot let that comparison make you feel entitled. It should only empower you and encourage you to do better because you have proof that someone like you was able to do it. So your only competition should be with yourself. Am I better than what I was yesterday? So you're reframing the seeing that competition as like something to be perhaps like intimidated by or worried about instead of looking at it that way, you look at it as proof. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I tried to stop and I couldn't. <laughs> so I asked myself, okay, how can I make this something positive? And what you need to do is make sure that you are not comparing yourself to someone who are leaps and bounds ahead of you, right? Like I can't compare myself to the richest people in the world, to the best coaches out there because I'm not there yet. I just started. I'm far from Joe Rogan here for the podcast. So exactly. But it's something to aspire to, which is great. But when you actually compare, you want to look at someone who is maybe one or two steps ahead of you. And if you can, you want to look at someone who maybe has a similar background or you have similar values, because that way, when you look at them, you're like, if they did it, I can do it. And then you use it as motivation instead of something that holds you back. Yeah. And we've talked to them on this podcast before about the idea of like informational interviews and like how many people have actually had a conversation with somebody who is in the position that you want in the future, like five to 10 years down the line. And like for me, like this is like a wake up call for me. Like how many times have I recently had a conversation with a business owner who's like leveled up their business to the place that I want to be? So I think instead of seeing it as like a judgmental thing, like I need to feel bad, like think, see it as like a learning opportunity for me to like actually meet somebody, appreciate what they're doing. And heck, it might turn into an opportunity yourself, you know? Yeah, there's actually a really interesting research that I learned about recently. And it says that if you are sitting close to someone who's like an A performer, like A player, someone who's a little bit ahead of you, like they're the best of the best, it is actually likely to impact you in a really positive way. I think there's like a 15% chance of you actually leveling up, growing, because we become the environment that and the people that surround us. But if you're sitting with someone who is a naysayer, if you're around someone who's maybe not even trying, then you're likely to actually decrease your performance by 30%. That is how much we're impacted by the people around us. So if you can use this in a positive way, just putting yourself in that environment and to your point, talking to people who have the job you want to have, you're already going to change your mindset. You're already going to feel better and get more motivated instead of looking, kind of lurking from the sidelines and thinking, ooh, why them and not me? It's not fair. So you turn a negative into a positive and you can actually grow through that. All right. So I can't thank you enough for doing this episode. I think this was a long time coming because I've seen you in the LinkedIn universe so many times. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to have my back. So this is awesome. I want to ask in a second about how people can get in touch with you. We also talked about your course, which I'm sure would be great for anyone who's not only job seeking, but in their career looking to advance. But famous tattoo question. Let's see. I think I asked you this like a year ago, but I want to see if it changed. But if you could tattoo one thing for every career warrior out there, perhaps struggling, but really looking to level up their career, what message would that be? 
You can do anything you set your mind to. You can do anything you set your mind to. Plain and simple, because I honestly believe it. I do too. You're going to see my arm next time. It's going to say that exact thing. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hold you to that one. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. All right, Maya. So I know the book we spoke about last episode. What is the, the new thing that you're working on right now that you want people to be aware of? Yeah, well, I am a career coach, as you know. So I do have a coaching program where I walk people through everything we talked about today and essentially teach them how to take control of their career and create a career by design, not by default. But if you want to get a little bit of a taste, you can try my online course, The Promotion Accelerator. It's 90 minutes, and it's going to teach you everything you need to know about how to get promoted. When did you launch that one? Was that this year? Yes, earlier this year. That's awesome. Yeah. So how to get promoted. And so is it like a video course? Is like what? How does it actually work? Yeah, it's a video-based course, and you have a ton of resources, including scripts, like how to ask your manager for a promotion, how to make your case, what KPIs to focus on, how to engage with people inside your organization. I literally walk you through everything because it's a lot easier than you think. You just need to be very intentional about how you do it. And I made it super short, 90 minutes. Anyone can get through it very quickly and have everything they need to grow their career. And listeners, you know what I do? I will make sure to link everything in the description, including Maya's LinkedIn profile. Like I said at the beginning, if you're not following Maya, you're making a mistake. So make sure to connect with both of us and let us know what you thought about this episode too. Seriously, I love seeing connection requests from fellow listeners or even tags in the comments. So let us know if any of these uncomfortable truths really spoke to you. If any, you were like, what the heck does that even mean? I would love to hear a comment because that is my favorite thing here. So Maya, thank you so much for joining us today in person in Austin, Texas for the Career Warrior Podcast. You were awesome. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Career Warrior Podcast. And before you go, remember, if you're not seeing the results you want in your job search, our highly trained team of professional resume writers here at Let's Eat Grandma can help. Head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast to get a free resume critique and $70 off any one of our resume writing packages. We talk all the time on the show about the importance of being targeted in your job search. And with our unique writing process and focus on individual attention, you'll get a resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profile that are highly customized and tailored to your goals to help you get hired faster. Again, head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.